0: Welcome to the latest episode of Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet with your esteemed hosts, Dr. Stacy Adler of the Mono County Office of Education and Mr. Christopher Platt of the Mono County Free Library. Welcome back, listeners. If you've tuned in for the Oxygen Starved podcast, your ABCs from 11,000 feet, you're at the right spot. Welcome. You're, we, we're back from our summer we're vacation. We're back. I'm Christopher, one of your co-hosts, and with me is
1: uh, I'm Stacy, and happy to be back with everybody.
0: <laughs> and joining us, as always, is producer Doug. Hey, Doug. Good morning. Good morning. Doug. morning. Good
1: morning, folks. How are
0: you doing? Good. We're, we're doing. Right. We're doing great. Welcome back, both of you, after our mini summer I break. I
1: know. I know it's been a minute.
0: Thanks. <laughs> I know, right? Thanks. I think we mm-hmm. all needed to, to have this little bit of mental break for just for the, each of us individually, right? What's that mental breakdown? No, break.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, those happen privately on an every other week basis in my okay. household. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) But no, you know, this is our 52nd episode and we were just chatting. We went 51 episodes without a real break. Yeah. So we decided it's time to call it a season. We'll take a little time off, focus our reading, have some fun, enjoy the summer as much as we can, and then come back.
1: Right. (laughs) And thanks so much to all of the listeners who... Emailed us and hit us up on our social media cool. saying, Where are you? Are you coming back? Thanks for thinking of us. Yes. And we're back. We're back. Ask,
0: asking you shall receive. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was wonderful to get that kind of feedback as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you Definitely. Know, the, we have more than one listener. So, <laughs> 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 unlike <sighs> some other podcasts we listen to. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you know, we talked, we thought well, the theme of this uh, re-entry episode would just be you and I, Stacey, mm-hmm. we, well, the guests will return starting in the next episode. Yep. Um, and what we would talk about is kind of like a school report in September that we all did it in third grade, what I did this summer. Yes. <laughs> and so why don't we go in, why don't I put the County superintendent of education on the spot <laughs> and ask you to get up in front of the class and tell us what you did this summer, Stace.
1: You know, I always hated those moments where the teacher called on you, where you were like the first one, and
0: you, know. um, you didn't. You didn't race up to front, raise your hand first, want to first.
1: I did not. I was not. I want to be first person ever. Still, I still am not. Um, but, but I, but I will acquiesce to your request, okay. and I, I will go first. So. <laughs> It it was a, you know, it was a great, great summer, great time to kind of recharge. It's been very warm. So, you know, typical summer activities had to be kind of um, managed around the weather. You know, right. things had, you know, you, if we went mountain biking, we had to leave at like 630 in the morning or hiking, you <laughs> know, we had to leave really early to beat the heat. Right. and. Um, so that's been interesting. And usually here, you know, it, we do have our weeks of w- very warm weather and then followed by some time where it cools down. That hasn't been the case this summer. It's been <laughs> just hot. Um, but you know, that was fun. We did take a vacation up to Alaska and did some fishing, right? which was great fun. Always fun to be you- on a boat. And fishing.
0: So was this? This was uh, deep sea fishing. This wasn't river fishing.
1: No, this was ocean fishing. We caught uh, halibut and a few different species. I think we actually caught every single species of salmon that you can catch, like at least one of of each. So, um, yeah, that was that was cool. And then we also caught rockfish which is my favorite. I love to fish for rockfish. It's so much, they're so much fun to catch. Um, (laughs) it's, and it's a, it's a lot more active than just trolling for salmon. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So the, so that was a really fun trip. And, um, but I also, you know, I loved the opportunity to just kind of read everything and anything I wanted to. And I had great (laughs) aspirations of reading like a fiction book and then a nonfiction book and back, that didn't happen.
0: That didn't happen. I did
1: know. There was no <laughs> nonfiction in in my reading uh, experience over this summer, but I I did read like five books or six books in like two months. Just that's great. I, I had the time to do it, and but I'm only going to talk about a cut two that Holy that jay. I read. Okay, all right, only Go for it. So the first one is called Friends and Strangers. It's by J. Courtney Sullivan. And this is, I believe, her second her second book, okay. second or third. But um, it is the story of a mom, a young mom, and her f- friendship that she develops with her babysitter. And it takes place in the New England area. And Elizabeth is the mom. She has moved to this small suburban college town after being a diehard New Yorker. Okay. You know, and everything that, you know, living in Brooklyn and everything that being a hip mom, you know, in these times entails.
0: I can relate to um, that.
1: She is, she herself is an accomplished author who has published a couple books and now mm-hmm. she's just had a baby. Okay. And they they move to this suburban town to be closer to her husband's work. He gets a job at a university and he wants to be near his parents, so they move. So she meets Sam, who is one of the college students. And Elizabeth hires her Sam to be her babysitter. You know, come in like a couple times a week and so that Elizabeth can write. And they develop this friendship um you know, kind of like um a, a mentorship, you know, big sister kind of kind of relationship. And
0: is Sam a, sorry, is Sam a, a woman or Sam a is man? a woman. Oh, okay. Yes, she's okay. a woman.
1: And um, you know, I kept kind of waiting for like Elizabeth to have an affair and Sam mm-hmm. to find out, and you know, that whole trope that we see right. pretty often. That did not happen at all. This was strictly about the relationship between the two women women and, and how they grow as individuals kind of in part due to their, their relationship. Okay. And it was, it was really great. So the, the book goes, you know, it alternates points of view, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a few chapters from Elizabeth's point of view, and then it goes to Sam. Um, it's all in third person. Okay. Um, but I just, you know, I can remember when I was in college being, a, you know, a nanny babysitter, you know, for a woman who's, you know, or women whose lives was like aspirational to me at that time, right? right you know, right. they were, they were wealthy. They seemed like they had it all together. They could easily navigate back and forth between being moms and their jobs and, you know, that kind of like, wow, that's I want to be like that kind right. of thing, you know, that Sam has for Elizabeth. You know, I really related to that, yeah. you know, cause I, I had had that experience, but, Sure. um, you know, the way the author keeps the story moving, um, you know, she just, she does a really good job. I was engaged the whole entire time. I couldn't wait to pick it up again. If I had to like go to work, you know, I couldn't <laughs> be reading, <laughs>
0: that's great. Um,
1: and but some, it was
0: it, so, go ahead. real quickly. So just yeah. comparing it to a book we read at the beginning of the previous summer, um, their, their, their relationship kind of stays healthy. This, the Sam yes. and
1: up to, up uh, to a Elizabeth. point okay. And the book you're in your, I think you're referring to such a fun age. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. And which is and a you wonderful know, book.
1: When I was doing my research to get ready for today in our conversation, that comparison was drawn several times between, um, such a fun age and, um, strangers and friends. Um, except in this book, the, the relationship, the friendship between the mom and the babysitter is much more front and center. Okay. You know, that's, that's the heart of this the story. This the story and you know there were some um book some parts some storylines that were introduced but then didn't really have a resolution. You know, we're yeah. just kind of left hanging, but the, that that might have added another 200 pages. It's a pretty big book <laughs> already. But I I loved this book. I highly recommend it. But my favorite, favorite, favorite book of the summer that I'm still thinking about, I can't get it out of my mind, was actually a book that I listened to on Audible. And I Mm -hmm. I, kind of wish I had read it. Mm -hmm. I might actually buy it and read it. Um, But it's called called Mary Jane. And it's by Jessica Anya Blau, Mm B-L-A-U. And this, I really believe, is a first-time author. The book takes the pl- story takes place in the 70s, the mid-70s, you know, when we're we've just gone through Watergate and you know, all mm-hmm. you know, we still are in we haven't really come out of Vietnam yet. There's all this turmoil between the, you know, like the hippies and the very straight-laced, you know, conservatives. Mm-hmm. And Mary Jane is a 14-year-old girl. She is, she has leads this extremely sheltered life with her parents. She's an only child. Her parents are extremely conservative and Mm by the book and rule followers. And in their dinner prayer at night, they, they uh, bless the president and his family. And Mm -hmm. they are just
0: straight and narrow,
1: as straight as they come. Okay. And like they're, they're, her only music experience is Broadway show tune albums. They have a Broadway show tune of the month club. This, <laughs> that, that's the only music she's ever known ex- other than church. So she gets a job, which her mom thinks is really respectable as a, a summer helper slash nanny for this doctor, mm-hmm. a psychiatrist who lives down the street from them. Well, It turns out this is a very non-traditional family. So she is going to nanny for Izzy, who is an extremely precocious five-year-old. And you immediately fall in love with that character. Yeah. Like I wanted to take care of Izzy. She was just so cute. And uh, the way the author drew her was, it was beautiful. So, She goes into this house and there's stuff everywhere, stacks of books. There's, you know, spoiled milk in the fridge. They only eat takeout. The mom's like nowhere to be seen. And then the dad hits her with, well, we need you this summer because I have a client who's coming to live with us and you can't tell anybody about this client. So the client is this major rock star who the doctor is working with to get off of drugs. Okay. And the rock star's wife, who is this like movie star singer, head of famous TV show with her brothers. I kept wondering if this was maybe, was this like Cher and Greg Allman? You know, like <laughs> was that.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Um, because the way, the way the white, the, the celebrity, you know, the rock star's wife is described is it just reminded me of Cher. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, so anyways, through the, her time with this family, Mary Jane, not only is obviously exposed, I mean, she's exposed to everything from curse words Mm -hmm. to open conversations about sex at the Mm -hmm. dinner table. Mm -hmm. Um, you know everything is out drugs everything's out in the open they all sit around the the adults all sit around and get stoned every night and <laughs> oh wow you know and but she, she they they draw they learn from her too like they have a respect for her because she brings some of her values to them so she cleans the whole house you know she and Izzy every day they they organize some part of the house. they clean her room, they oh. clean the kitchen they they go grocery shopping and then Mary Jane is asked to cook dinner for them every night so mary you know here a fourteen year old girl she's cooking a meal for you know mm-hmm. six people every single night and so they they draw they draw from each other and develop this wonderful relationship and through that you know mary jane kind of sees that this life that she led with her parents it's not that's not the only right way right to do something and that the love that she receives from these people right she has never received from her parents yeah and it, there's so much to unpack in this story i mean this would be a, an amazing book club really read because there's just so much going on there. And I just, I can't get these characters out of my head.
0: Is it um, a couple quick questions? Is it, um, is it kind of like a funny book or, you know, kind of heartwarming kind of book or is it more serious in tone? And also, is it a long book or a short book?
1: It is. Um, there are some parts that make you laugh, you know, Mm -hmm. like Izzy is, is pretty funny, but I would say it's more serious. Yeah. You know, um, it has a more, you know, stronger tone. Right. Um, and then is it long? It's not, t- it's not as long as strangers and friends. <laughs> I
0: was just about to you ask, know? Okay. So
1: I would say, you know, it's hard to gauge cause I listened to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: Um, but I just, I, I just loved it. I just, like I said, I can't get these characters out of my head. And the, the growth of there, there are some things that left me wanting more. Like I almost want a sequel.
0: <laughs> that's a good book, right? That's a book that actually, you know, even if there are things unresolved at the end, if you want to come back to those characters again, that's, that's a good book. That's an impactful book.
1: Definitely. And I I haven't found any inner, I have, you know, honestly, I didn't, I didn't get to do so much research on this book as mm-hmm. I did on the others. Right. Um, but because we'll be talking about another book that we both read this summer in our next episode. Right, right. I did more research on on that and um strangers and friends than I did on Mary Jane, but I w I wanna dig into that a little bit more and see what and see is that is um the the celebrities, you know, the rock star's wife if it was Cher. (laughs) Gotta (laughs) find that out.
0: Well, I certainly am adding Mary Jane to my reading list. I mean just Because, you know, we all have those experiences growing up um, of when you first started spending nights at friends' houses over the weekends and stuff, and you realize that how things are done in your own home isn't how it's done in everyone's home, and people do have different values, and that's kind of one of those first dawnings of, like, oh yeah, people aren't just, everyone's not like my family, you know?
1: Absolutely, yeah, and this comes crashing down. On her, on Mary Jane hard, you (laughs) know, like where she's like, she used to, her mom, like she says at one point towards the the end that her mom was her, used to be her favorite person. Yeah. Like she only wanted to be with her mom. Right. And now that's, has changed for her. Yeah. And that's not giving anything in the plot away. Right, right,
0: um, right. Yeah.
1: So it was great. (laughs) And. Listeners, if you check it out, let me know what you think.
0: And that was and called that was that called was Mary called Jane. Mary
1: Jane by Jessica Anya Blau. You and know, the other, uh, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. The other one is
1: is strange. Friends and Strangers by J. Courtney Sullivan.
0: So there's a theme between your books, and there's actually plays yeah. out in some of the books that I'm about to talk about. And it seems to be a theme in books that we choose a, a lot. You know this. You know, we talked about these two. You just talked about Such a Fun Age, which was also mm-hmm. kind of about a nanny and a kid. Nothing to see here, which was right about a person who's hired to nannies and kids. Uh, we talked about Funny Thing About Norman Foreman just before right. we went on break. These These kind of coming of age or taking care of children as they develop, you know, stories, I think, is something that we tend to read a lot of. We,
1: we do. We do. And, you know, and I was I was also kind of looking back on everything I read this summer. And there was definitely this theme of books that take place in the 60s, 70s, right. 80s. You know, um I kind of went went, you know, nostalgia a sure. little bit. But um, yeah, absolutely. I think we're definitely I mean, look at the professions that we're in. I think we're both drawn to how kids grow up and relationships, you know, between people. So,
0: yeah, I I think that's
1: right. I'm anxious to hear about the books you read,
0: Christopher. So thank you. And I'm going to talk just about um, a couple that I read really quickly. And then I'm going to talk about one that I'm reading now. Because look, I'm the librarian. I'm always going to have more. I'm going to (laughs) shove some more in. So I'm going to talk about them pretty quickly. And then I'm going to talk about two that I'm I'm excited to read. They're coming out in September. Because the fall publishing season is coming right right up. So the first one I'm going to chat about is called What Strange Paradise by Omar el Akkad. Um, El Akkad has written, uh, uh, a previous, uh, breakout novel called American war. It came out a couple of years ago, won all sorts of awards and great reviews and kind of put his name on the, on the list of fresh young American writers. I heard him speak at a conference in the spring about what strange paradise, which is his second novel. And I was so entranced by him and his story that I actually went back and heard, listened to him again at the second session that he was speaking, just because I wanted to hear him talk about how his mind thinks. He he is like a journalist, and he's worked in the Middle East and what have you. Um, and of course, you know that's his heritage. So, "What Strange Paradise" is a novel that came out just at the end of July. We have a copy in the library, and it's about a nine-year-old Syrian refugee named Amir who washes up unconscious on an unnamed but presumably Greek. Island. And we can all start putting together what the story is already. Right. Um, he comes to, he begins to understand that, you know, and, and El Alcad writes this so beautifully and it just grips you from the first page. The kid is starting to realize, you know, he's waking up. He understands that he's wet. He's lying face down in the sand. He lifts his head up to look around and, All he sees are dead bodies washed ashore around him in a strange place. You know, he sees men in uniforms poking among the bodies who then eventually see him lift his head and realize he's alive. And they start towards him speaking in an unfamiliar language. Right. Um, And it just is kind of this tense opener. And and what would we do? Right. Well, this nine-year-old Amir gets up and runs. He doesn't know anything else. And um, the story takes on from there. He's found and rescued by a teenager named Vena, this young girl who is rebellious but also intrigued by this, this refugee. She knows she needs to save this kid and that letting him be inducted into the local refugee camp is not... The answer. So, after this tense, gripping opener, the plot unfolds in kind of two alternating directions: the the plight that Amir and his family went through from Syria to Egypt to this beach, basically, and then um, Vana's attempt to help save Amir and how that unfolds over the following days. Even though they don't speak the same language. So it's it's a compact, quick book, but it's very well-paced and really dramatic. And at times, I'll confess, it's difficult to read because you're reading about children going through some really difficult situations. And the ending leaves you questioning a few things, right? So I also think it's going to be a great book discussion group. A few things that stick out to me, or I guess the main thing that this book sticks out to me for is that you know? As an enlightened human race, we still haven't solved the refugee problem, right? Remember right. the the boat, the Cuban yeah. boats that were going to Florida when we were kids, yeah. and how that was on mm-hmm. um, the nightly news. People getting in rafts and risking their lives right. across an ocean to get to Florida and freedom, yep. and you know that's still happening. It's happening in the Mediterranean. It's happening in the English Channel. It's happening in Southeast Asia. It's happening in a different form at our at our own southern southern border borders. Border, right. or, you know. And the thing is, I learned a few years back that once in a refugee camp, a person's stay, you know, if you're a Syrian refugee in a camp somewhere in the Middle East, you're not staying for a couple days or even a month or two. Your, your stay is measured in years. years. And that's yeah. almost a universal experience in any refugee camp. So, you know, Vana not wanting to put this nine-year-old boy in a refugee camp for the rest of his life is kind of, you kind of get the rationale behind it. But boy, it's a really sobering thing to read because you also, what, what the author also points out or, or makes very apparent is that very often the people who pay the biggest price as refugees are the most powerless, you know, the kids, you know, and they don't often understand why they're being uprooted, you know? Right. So, um, so so I have
1: a, I have a question. Does it, you said that the author was a journalist. So does it read like kind of like a news article? Does it have that kind of tone of like a journalistic article versus, you know, even though it's a novel?
0: Yeah. It kind of does in the sense that you could, I could see this author being on like 2020 or something where they kind of paint a journalistic, a a narrative approach to a journalistic story. (laughs) He's not going in and bringing in like all the information and facts and everything like that. He's just, he's just describing you know, the difficult things that this kid goes through and how the parents, you know, one of the open-ended question is like, what does help look like? Because everyone thinks they're helping, even the ones who are not necessarily helping. So um, it's a difficult situation. And, you know, I hesitate, I've said this before about this title, I hesitate to label a book as important because sometimes people don't pick it up (laughs) (laughs) if you tell them it's important. Um, But I, I think this book is an enlightening book. And I think it would be a great book discussion book as pick as yeah. well. So that's my first one. Okay. The second one takes a whole different turn. This one's a first novel from an author named Meg Mason. It's called sorrow in bliss. It came out in February. We have it at the library. It was recommended to me by the author, Julia Claiborne Johnson, who we talked about on an episode quite a few episodes yep. ago. She had written, um, Uh, better luck next time and this was a book she recommended to me um she's a meg mason is a british author this is a funny and biting book about a subject that isn't really funny um kind of adult depression and the illness that goes around it although the illness is unnamed so the the basic premise is 40 year old martha's life is spiraling out of control and she blames everyone and everything but herself really. Um, because no one has been able to help her understand what her problem is. And, you know, her marriage is unraveling. Her family relationships are perpetually strained. She doesn't have a career she loves. Um, you know, the choices that she made were not always the smartest choices. She's the daughter of an artist, a moderately successful artist and a moderately successful poet. Um, but she, she finds herself living in kind of like an executive housing estate in England in a lonely soulless house, you know, trying to play the role of a housewife, which she really doesn't enjoy. Um, but you know, as the novel goes on, she learns that what she really has is a psychological issue. It's unnamed. So you don't really know what it is. It just kind of feels like a very difficult depression. Um, but this kind of frees her up and lets her understand she doesn't necessarily need to be spiraling. So, um, the book kind of goes over two arcs. Um, and the book has been pushed by a lot of people Anne Patchett, who is a great American author has been giving this book out right and left. It's received great reviews. She's being compared to Sally Rooney who hit it big with normal Mm. people a couple of years ago. So it's kind of like family relationships kind of, Story, um, people who liked Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Or even Agatha Arch is Afraid of Everything, which you recommended yes, a few weeks yeah. back, would probably enjoy this book. It is actually a very funny read. <laughs> um, it's and hard tell to us say the that.
1: name again? Yeah. Tell us the name again?
0: It's called Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason. And I actually listened to this one, too. Like you mm-hmm. listened to um, Mary Jane. And I enjoyed it as an audio book. But I think it might even be even funnier as a book, just kind of read through at your own pace. So those are the two that I finished. Okay. The one that
1: good titles,
0: both good titles. The one that I'm reading right now is pursuit of love by Nancy Mitford in advance of watching the adaptation that's coming out on HBO, um, any day now. And And this is, this is
1: part of a series, right? Aren't the Mitford sisters. It's a, is it a trilogy?
0: Yeah, you hit it right on the head. You know the Mitford sisters. Mit, Mitford sisters. <laughs> it's early in the morning. the The Mitford sisters were are they're a real family. They were like this eccentric group of of sisters, and there was a brother in the nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, England, growing up with a very eccentric household. Aristocrats. Their father was a complete wacko you know it's just they were a fun family to begin with and nancy mitford wrote three novels that were kind of like novelizations of their childhood and growing up and this is um Uh, the first one, it's called Pursuit of Love. She actually wrote it in 1945. And it covers the period of like the 1920s to the kind of beginning of World War I, World War II. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, she just basically turns them all into characters. And it's kind of this fun romp uh, through all the different hijinks that they get into. Um, And, you know, they were not without controversy, these sisters. One ultimately became a devotee of Hitler and shot herself in the head unsuccessfully when, you know, he started being the evil dude. And the another went as ran away from home as a teenager to a fight in the Spanish Civil War. And another one became a very aristocratic Duchess of Devonshire who just died a few years ago. So this is a really wow. wild and crazy family. And that comes out in this this novel. And I really can't wait to see the adaptation by Emily Mortimer. I don't TV. know
1: why I'm getting these like cheaper by the dozen
0: vibes <laughs> <laughs> as you're it
1: talking. Is, I don't know. It's That's kind of probably like, not right. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's not an unapt comparison as might be the American version, you know, just kind of eccentric, <laughs> wacky hijinks. Um, right. you know, she was a direct contemporary of Evelyn Waugh. So if you like Brideshead Revisited or his book, Vile Bodies, which is about the roaring twenties, kind of like a great Gatsby, but you know, mm-hmm. just all hijinks that the young kids were getting into back then when the jazz age was happening. This is a book that you would you would enjoy. So that's this is Pursuit of Love by Nancy Mitford. I have the library's copy and my dog started to eat it, so I may have to replace it before it goes back in the collection. But um <laughs> It'll go back in the library. And then, really quickly, before we cut off, you know, the fall publishing season is here. Yes. A lot of great books are coming out. I just want to quickly warn our readers about two that I'm super excited about. Do you mind if I take a couple minutes? Go for it. I want to hear. <laughs> so, the first one comes out in, in uh, September by Anthony Doerr, who was a Pulitzer Prize winner for mm-hmm. All the Light We Cannot See, which was a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, highly can't. Hi- recommend that one highly enough his newest is called cloud cuckoo Land. cloud cuckoo land Um, and it's coming out in september he actually dedicates the novel to librarians so he was at a library conference a few weeks ago and i heard him speak he actually held up to the camera his his plot diagram for this new book And it looked like the wiring diagram to the space station. So it's like, this is going to be a really complex, wonderful book to sink into, which is what all the light we cannot see was, um, promises to be really, really absorbing. It follows three stories. One is set in the past during the siege of Constantinople in the 15th century and a young girl and a book. And then one set in modern day Idaho, um, set in a library, (laughs) um, with a troubled teenager and a book. And then one set in the future on a spaceship, which sounds really unlikely. Um, and also has a theme of a book and all these things hinge on the theme of siege and book and stewardship and what, what relationships are and what the earth is. It's hard to explain beyond that. Um, but I will tell you it's getting every rave review it can on the planet it's hitting everyone's best, best of lists already. It's not even out. Um, so I'm really, really super excited about it. And I will tell you, the publisher just sums it up like this. It's dedicated to the librarians then, now, and in the years to come. Cloud Cuckoo Land is a beautiful and redemptive novel about stewardship of the book of the earth of the human heart. So my gosh, who's not going to read that, right? Well,
1: I think we should read it and talk about it on an upcoming episode.
0: I think we should too. Awesome. So then the other other book that um, I'm super excited about is very different. It's the newest book from Mary Roach, who many of our listeners may know. She's kind of like this funny citizen scientist who likes to poke around and explore icky or strange or bizarre things and make them really palatable to read. So she broke on to, um, you know, Uh, the world with her first book, Stiff, which is all about what happens when you die. You know, what what goes (laughs) on with human cadavers, which a lot of people read and got great reviews. She's also written about spook, um, the exploration of ghost hunters, packing for Mars, what it takes to be an astronaut, all these different things she just dives into. And because she's just kind of like an every person, she's like, you or Mm -hmm. I, she's just like, oh, this kind of looks weird. Let's talk about it. You know, and she kind of has that kind of funny approach to it. So her newest book is called Fuzz, When Nature Breaks the Law which, you know, those of us living in the Eastern Sierra, we deal with this every day. You know, there's, I, I, you know, had to stop and let a bear across the road just yesterday on my way to the (laughs) post office, right. Or, you know, um, raccoons getting into our garbage, you know, these are just things that, that we deal with. Um, so I really can't, wait to hear how she explores this. It really is the intersection between nature and human beings, um, especially as our communities grow. Um, you know, and she, and surfaces all these kind of fun little factoids that people like. So for instance, go ahead. Is
1: she, is she going to touch on climate? I mean, does this book touch on climate change at all? Do you You know,
0: I don't know, but I would be surprised if it didn't um, just because that's part of this conversation now. Right. Right. Um, but you know, uh, just a few things. You know that the animal posing the greatest threat to civil aviation is in the bird. It's actually white-tailed deer. Um, so we'll learn about we that. We know in all the book. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, you know, these fun little factoids. Like when bears are living off their own fat in hibernation, they do not need to go to the toilet. They don't need to go to the bathroom, you know, little things like that. Um, she goes to a training for wildlife officers um, up in the northern part of the country. And the shop talk includes banter like, would you ever tase an elk? You know, it's it's little things you wouldn't normally ask yourself, but oh my gosh, I kind of want to know the answer to that. Um, it just promises to be a very fun read, typical Mary Roach, kind of this deadpan panache she brings to her books. And I think a lot of people in the Eastern Sierra especially will be interested yeah. in reading it when it comes out. That comes out at the end of September. So, Sounds great. You know, Fuzz, When Nature Breaks the Law, Cloud Cuckoo Land by Anthony Doerr, Pursuit of Love by Anthony... <laughs> Uh Nancy Midford, Nancy Midford, Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason, and then What Strange Paradise by Omar El Akkad. We will list all these titles and your titles, Stacey, on our website so you don't have to have written them down. You can go back right. and find them and hopefully read them and let us know what you think. Or also just tell us what you read this summer, right?
1: We definitely would love to hear that. And it's really good to be back
0: it is good to be back doing something we love.
1: Yes. And, and talking to you listeners, we really appreciate your support and hope you will continue joining us now that we are back on our regular schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for being with us today. As you know, or if you remember, you can find us at oxygenstarvepodcast.com. Our Instagram page is o2starve, so please check those out and let us know what you've been reading this summer.
0: Yeah, we look forward to hearing from you.
1: We definitely do. Have a great day, and we'll see you again soon.
0: Bye! Thanks for joining us here for Oxygen Star. Our outro music, Iron Bacon, is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod in Competech.com, Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.